This is The Top, where I interview entrepreneurs who are number one or number two in their industry in terms of revenue or customer base. You'll learn how much revenue they're making, what their marketing funnel looks like, and how many customers they have. I'm now at $20,000 per talk. Five and six million. He is hell-bent on global domination. We just broke our 100,000 unit soul mark. And I'm your host, Nathan Latka. Okay, Top Tribe, this week's winner of the $100 is Zach Ferran. He's a 22-year-old Apple employee, and he's listening to the show and loving it. For your chance to win 100 bucks every Monday, simply subscribe to the podcast on iTunes now, and then text the word Nathan to 33444 to prove that you did it to enter. Top Tribe, you know I don't have a lot of time to waste. That's why I use FreshBooks to send out invoices and make sure I'm collecting my money. To get your free month, go to nathanlatka.com forward slash FreshBooks and enter the top in the How Did You Hear About Us section. Nathan Latka here. This is episode 593. And coming up tomorrow morning, you'll learn from Alan Wiv. Now, he makes a major, major announcement about funding. I'll give you a hint, though. It was on a $45 million pre-money valuation. That's not anywhere else online. He was coming on our show to announce it. $45 million pre-money valuation. They passed 7,000 customers and over $500,000 in monthly recurring revenue with their business dashboard, Clipfolio. Tune in tomorrow to see how much they raised. Good morning, folks. Nathan Latka here. Our guest this morning is Mike Cook, who founded X Orb Data Exchange to bring privacy and accountability back to data management. Today, his organization works with the nation's largest financial institutions to fight fraud and manage risk. You may never see Mike presenting the newest consumer tech, but rest assured, every digital entity in America is safer under his watchful eye. Mike, are you ready to take us to the top? I am. All right. So this is kind of a, a technical product. Dumb it. I don't mean to say this this way, but dumb it down for us so that the world can understand. What does the company do? Okay. Um, that's a good question. That, that's a good way to put it too. So think about um, think about what's in your wallet. Think about the phone that you use, right? Those, those, these are really big companies. These are really big credit card companies, right? They have a lot of information on consumers. They don't like sharing that data through the traditional sources today, like through the big three bureaus or through Data, data brokers like LexisNexis because they don't really have a lot of accountability. They can't really see where that data goes. So I've been working building networks of trust, if, we, if you will, data consortiums for years um, for big companies. Um, and I don't want to use names, but the big companies that, that are the, the big card companies, the big wireless cable satellite companies. And so what I wanted to do is create a company where those big guys could share information in a way that they want to share the data. So if they want to stop fraud, if they want to help credit risk, right, they can share data with one another um, in a secure way, uh, in a way that they continue to hold and control the data, right? We don't like, this is company to company, correct? Not consumer to company. It's cons- it's company to company. Exactly okay. right, right. And so what we, we've, we, we've tried to do is give people the ability to share information in ways that they want to, to solve problems like fraud or credit risk. And eventually we will help consumers because we feel like consumers own their own data and consumers over time have kind of lost control of that data. Let's uh, as give, well. let, without, I'm going to give you a hypothetical so you can actually tell like a, a story here. Uh, now, these may or may not actually be your clients, right? And don't confirm or deny. But let's say JP Morgan Chase, right? They have a lot of, a lot of data. Uh, let, I'm, I'm making this up. Let's say they have a data relationship with uh, uh, AIG, right? An insurance kind of company, right? 
sure. how does your data exchange fit in between there? How would you hypothetically help JP Morgan Chase and how would you hypothetically help AIG? Okay, good question. Let's, let's think about um, the authentication, right? If you're a consumer and you, you call into JP Morgan Chase, you really want them to kind of just do business with you seamlessly. You don't want them to have to ask you a lot of questions about mortgages or cars you owned back in 1978 or, you know, those kinds of things, right? Uh-huh. So companies like Chase and AIG, when you call, they store your ante. They, they store the phone number that you're calling from, right? They store, uh, when, you, when you go in to do financial transactions on your phone, they store your device ID. When you go and uh, pay your bill, they store your IP address. They store your, you know, your information from your computer. And Chase will use that information when you come back, right? So if you've, if you've banked with Chase online, next time you come back, the, the authentication is really easy, right? Yeah. Because they've seen that device. They know who you are. Well, all of that information they use internally, but they, they don't share it, right? So think about it this way. AIG and JPMorgan Chase basically could say, hey, I'll give you device, device information, right? You give me any information for consumers, and that way I can seamlessly uh, validate that a consumer is who they say they are without having to ask a lot of questions, and I can do it more accurately. So you're basically setting up a super secure, think of it almost like a water pipe between AIG and JP Morgan Chase. You are that pipe that lets them seamlessly interact and exchange data in a secure fashion. We're that pipe, and, and, and actually we're, we're even changing the, the whole mentality of the pipe, right? Because today, in the way it's been done for the last 40 years, Information is basically, you know, Chase in that example would have to send that data to a company and they would have to store all that information. AIG would have to send that data to a company and they store it, right? So there's 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 an, there's an attack service that's created there where a fraudster can get in and get access, they can hack Got that it. data. We're, we're trying to create different data systems where, um, for instance, in that example, we would try and say, hey, let's do this through a distributed exchange. Chase, all of that data you have on your customers, you hold it behind your firewall. AIG, same thing. You hold it behind your firewall. Uh-huh. And when you want a request, we'll ping out inside the firewall so that the data never has to leave AIG or Chase. Got it. And that information then can be used to authenticate. It's more secure. It's better for consumers. They're Data is not flying all over the place like it does today. All right, Mike, how do you, how do you make money? Uh, we make money by building different exchanges. So um, for us, we, we built a company that, just, that builds permission-based data exchanges. So the first exchange we built was a small business risk exchange. Um, the way we make money, every time somebody in the com- communications environment, for instance, gets a small business, a- an application for uh, internet, cable, satellite, wireless, phone, wireline, they send that application to us. We charge them... Uh, so many pennies, right? And then we return to them. Who is or, them? Them, um, is the, the, uh, them is going back to our original example. Them is the J.P. Morgan Chase. Well, in this example, this is because this was a small business risk exchange. The first one we held up, it's for the big communications company. So again, I can't say the names, but you could easily say, you know, names of the big companies. And, and like AT and T, don't. But a company like that. Yeah, a company like that. And those are the guys that we work with. And so we, the way we make money is uh, we do transactional fees based on, you know, every time we return data. Um, and AT&T and t is paying you this, pennies for each kind of exchange. Companies like that, yeah. And then, and then um, pennies per exchange, dines per exchange. It depends on, you know, how much money we can save. And then also depends on the, 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 the loss rate, if you will. So um, this is like a pay-as-you-go model. Yeah, it's pay-as-you-go. And we're also, we're, we're building a new exchange now. I can't say what it is because we haven't released it yet, but we're building a new exchange for, we're focusing on big financial services companies where they can exchange fraud information. Um, and in that exchange, we are going to do more of a subscription-based model where okay. 
Is, uh, any, you know, of, is any of your current res- revenue SaaS based or is it almost all pay as you go? It is all pay as you go. Okay. All right. Good. Yeah. And then take us back and give us some more history here. So this, and, and sorry, we had, I just had to get really clear on kind of what the business is and how you generate revenue because it's sure. a technical business. Uh, when, when did you launch the business? Uh, we launched it in January, 2014. Okay. And, uh, and, uh, do you remember what first year revenue was? It's always embarrassing. Uh, it, it was, uh, it was nothing. So it took you over a year. It took you over a year to build up the, the, the thing. Yeah. And, and, and what I did is, is, is I put in $800,000 of my, my own money over From the where? first year. Where'd you get yeah. that money? Uh, I sold a company called ID analytics to, uh, a company called LifeLock. Okay. And when was that? What year did you sell that in? Oh God, 20, 2012, maybe 2013, 2012, okay. And when did you start yeah. that company? Uh, started that company 12 years prior. Okay. Got it. So you started in 2000, sold it in 2012. Yeah. How, so old, how old were yeah. you in 2000? Oh, good Lord. Um, I'm, I'm 53 now. So, I, you know, I, I, off 17, I, right? Or, yeah, there you go. Right. Does that make you 45, something like that? Yeah, something like that. Okay, um, good. So 45, you, you built a company, an analytics company, you sold it to, to LifeLock. Uh, was that a multi, I assume that was a multi-million dollar exit? It was. Okay, and were you the sole founder? No, uh, me and um, two other gentlemen. Okay, so that's where you got your initial capital. You Then right after you sold that, you you went into X uh, or Exchange, is that is that what happened? No, no, after I sold that, I went and um, I, I tried to go to a, to a big company. I am not a big company guy, but for some reason I thought, you know, I'll go ahead. Maybe I'm getting older, so maybe I can try out working for a big company. Um, and it didn't work. I just don't work and play well in, in large companies. So, um, so I did that. I went to a small um, subprime credit bureau that was. Uh, I wanted to learn about you know offering credit to uh, consumers, but it was in the payday environment. I didn't really like that much, so I left. Uh, took a year off and determined what I wanted to do, and it was build XOR. So we started the company in 2014. And have you raised capital or totally bootstrapped with your own capital? Uh, bootstrapped at the beginning. This is the kind of company where you really do need some pretty good capital because we're, you know, working with the companies that you had mentioned, those, those companies that size, right? You, you need to, you got a lot of regulatory requirements, a lot of security, a lot of hardware, you got to buy people. So how much have you so raised? Raised uh, 6 million to date. Okay. Um, and we're going to close on another 2 million here today. Oh, congratulations. That's exciting. Thank you. Well, yeah, it is. I mean, is that a bridge? It, it sounds like that's a bridge loan or something. Uh, yeah, I mean, we we um, we are we're building the company. Things go. Things never happen as fast as you would like, of course. Um, but uh, you know, we we've got we're signing some re, uh, some reseller deals, um, big distribution uh, points that you would know uh, that I can't mention yet because we haven't we haven't announced. Was well, the but, two million that you're announcing today? Is that on the same terms as your as your last round, or is these like a new equity round? It, no, same terms. Same term. Okay. And when was, when did you yeah. raise capital before the 2 million? What was your last round? Uh, I think it was in August. And was that uh, the full 6 million or a part of the 6 million? No, no, it was a part. We did a 1.8 uh, convertible debt early for uh, seed. And we did a, a 4.2 on uh, an A. And that was all, on an NA. What's that? On, no, on an, on an A, on a series A. Oh, series A. And, and you said that was in August, 2015? Yeah. Okay. So about a, about a, what is that? A year and six months ago. So you were able to convince those series A investors to let you give the same terms to someone that just invested an additional 2 million today. No, no, no. So most of the, most of the money's from the existing investors. Oh God. They just put more yeah. in. We did do. Yeah. We, we, I raised some outside just because there was a couple, um, and I haven't mentioned it. We, we'll announce it, but there was, there was one angel, uh, that put money in that is very, very recognizable in this industry and a uh, brilliant guy. So I was very lucky to get him in the cap table. And then the other one is a very interesting company that, um, very interesting CEO. 
uh, who is they're putting money in. And uh, the reason I wanted them in cap table, they have a very good uh, understanding of consumers, this direct consumer marketplace, which for me, I've always been B2B. Um, but there is a very good play for us in the consumer marketplace. So I feel like adding this new guy, th- these new guys to the table, the cap table, are going to help expand us into the consumer well, marketplace. What I'm trying to get at, though, because a lot of people go through this, and so they're going to learn from your story. The $2 million additional that you're announcing today that you took, it was at the, was it on the same exact term sheet, same valuation, everything that you did yes. about 16, 18 months ago? Yes. Okay, got it. How did you convince the investors that came in 18 months ago to extend those same terms? They're basically now, you know, these people have the people that just came in have 18 months less of risk than the people that went in 18 months ago. How did you convince them? Um, it was I, one of these other guys in the, ca- in the cap table, basically. So okay. that's the way to do it. Yeah. And, and for me, you know, I. I could have raised a Series B. Um, raising a Series B in this environment is not the easiest thing to do. Why? Um, it, uh, I think what happens, uh, and, and you know, I saw this a couple of years ago, the unicorns, right? The unicorns come out and, and here's our high valuations. Well, their, their valuations are coming down. And I think that kind of hurts the VC marketplace. Um, so raising a Series B is, is more difficult. So what I want to do, I, I want to focus on the business. So for me, it was very easy to just extend the A um, and raise additional capital and, uh, and then get back, get back in the, in the business of XOR. And where, so it, it give us a sense of size today. How many total customers are you working with? Um, we're, we're working with, um, the big customers. So I don't want to, I don't want to say a number, but if, it, it, let me give you a different way of looking at it. Um, every small business that gets wireless or wireline or cable satellite, um, we generally will see, uh, and serve those companies through the, the big uh, communications guys. And then um, with the big financial services folks, again, if you work with the top six, seven, eight financial services companies, you're really covering 90% of America. I mean, that's what I'm trying to get at. Like, is this a, your, your average, is this a kind of a low volume, high average revenue per customer business? Meaning maybe you have less than a hundred customers, but you cover a massive part of the market. Is that the model? Yeah. Very from like a, uh, you know, a start many startups now, right. Where you may have, you know, hundreds, thousands, millions of users, you know, we are very successful on dozens of companies. Got it. Okay. So you have dozens of companies paying you that covers a, a large portion of your market. That's nice. You only have to deal with a few touch points. Um, where are you guys at in team in terms of team size today? Uh, we're 10, 10 full-time, one, one part-time. And are you cash flow positive yet? No, not yet. Yeah. Yeah. I was about to say, there's no way, there's no way you could be because you just raised a bunch of money. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and, you know, it's, it's, um, and that's not a bad thing, right? So different companies, I think, get to cash flow positive, um, in different ways. So for us, we have a big technology investment we have to make up front. And once we make that, we have a proof, you know, even though I've been doing this for almost three decades, we have to prove to the big guys that, you know, we can still build new things that, that work. And then you got to get through a lot of the regulatory stuff. So, you know, our investors recognize that this is a, uh, long, slow ramp. But then once you start to make revenues, the ramp grows pretty substantially. What's your revenue goal for 2017? That would make you really happy if you hit it. Um, uh, well, I'll tell you this, you know, we've got, I, I don't want to give you numbers, but we've got 10 employees. I, I, I plan on bringing one more on. Um, uh, that's not a big burn rate. So for me, when we exit 2017, we will be cash flow positive. Mm-hmm. Um, and I will be happy with that. I'm are, all be- your, are all your employees in Austin? Uh, we have, we have most of the employees in Austin, the two field people, um, one's in Miami and one's in North Carolina. And are they and mostly tech like developers? Yeah. Mostly, uh, really interesting geeky tech guys. Yeah. yeah. Well, I'm going to assume that at 10 people, maybe you have 11 by the end of the year, you know, on an average salary of about 110 grand, you're, 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 you're going to do over a million in 2017. If you want to get to cash flow positive, is it fair to say that? 
Yeah, yeah, at least. Yeah. Okay. Awesome. Yeah. Good I mean, stuff. you know, yeah. The, the reason I have 10 employees is that, you know, they are a little bit better paid because they're all, I've been doing this for almost three, three decades. So when I started this company, I called these guys, it was the best, you know, technologist, the best analytics guy, you know, the best people that I knew. Yeah. So they're a little bit more expensive on a, on a, on a average basis, but well worth their salt. Okay, Top Tribe, as many of you know, I sold Hayo, and everyone is always asking me what my expenses were when I was building Hayo. Well, a big expense was that I spent over three grand per month on financial services to keep me out of trouble in terms of taxes. You know, my mom would always harbor me, Nathan, you gotta keep all your receipts and put them in a freaking box or something to make sure you don't get an audit or things like this. I'm like, mom, I'm a millennial. You think I'm gonna keep all these receipts? I now use FreshBooks. I use their mobile app to take a picture of receipts and it makes taxes a cinch. Additionally, I don't have to hire a $3,000 per month person to manage all my finances. It's like saving so much money and my mom's happy. Additionally, I don't waste a bunch of time creating invoices. I use their templates and I can avoid using Word templates or Excel files. I just use FreshBooks to quickly send out invoices and it works like a charm. To get your free first month, go to nathanlatka.com forward slash FreshBooks and enter the top in the How Did You Hear About Us section. Again, go to nathanlatka.com forward slash FreshBooks and enter the top in the How Did You Hear About Us section. Awesome. There you guys have it. Cash flow positive by the end of 2017. He'll, he'll have to do, obviously, a, a, a higher than a million bucks to do that because he's got a great team, a SWAT team, as Steve Jobs put it. He preferred smaller teams that were way, way uh, smarter and stronger and better versus a large army that was not so good. Mike, let's wrap up here with the famous five. Number one, what's your favorite business book? Uh, I read a long time ago, How to Win Friends and Influence People by Dale Carnegie. Number two, is there a CEO you're following or studying right now? Yeah, a guy named Sam Yegan, um, who's at ShopRunner now. He made money at SparkNotes and then OkCupid. Number three, is there a favorite online tool you have, like Acuity Scheduling? Uh, I do. It, it's not one that you would probably think of. It's Periscope. I travel nonstop. I have five children and Periscope is something that I can kind of watch them play sports or perform. Like the Twitter Periscope? Yeah. Yeah. I, I was, I was, uh, I was watching Periscope before it was Twitter. Um, so it. I, I've used it for a while just because, uh, you know, I hate to see my daughters sing beautifully and I hate to see them. Uh, I hate to miss that. So yeah, I love I that. Yeah. How, how many kids do you have? Five, five. Five. Wow. And they're, you know, all the way from 21 down to uh, seven or eight. I can't remember. Wow. So yeah. do, you get, do you get eight hours of sleep every night? No. <laughs> and how, and how <laughs> old are you today? Who does, right? I'm 53. 53. And uh, married five kids, right? Yes. So last question. Take us back 23 years or actually 33 years. What do you wish your 20 year old self knew? Uh, that you should go to anger management, <laughs> <laughs> go to anger management. You guys learned it here again from Mike sold his first company in the multi millions of dollars in the kind of analytics space uh, that he built from 2000 to 2012, reinvested 800,000 bucks of his own money into his new company called X or data launched in 2014. It took him about 12 months to actually build the product before they started turning on revenue. They raised 6 million to date announcing today. They raised an additional $2 million, both from past investors and a few new strategics. 10 people looking to grow to 11 will do more than a million bucks here in 2017, working with dozens and dozens of the big customers. Mike, thank you for taking us to the top. Hey, thank you very much. I appreciate it. If you enjoyed Mike today, go back and listen to Alex yesterday. He's the CEO of Bugsy, which has raised $1.2 million and just launched pricing to help you know why your mobile app crashes. Top Tribe, I love giving away free money. I feel like Oprah giving away cars, and I have something special for you today. 
How many of you have heard our super sharp guests talk about success they've had with Facebook and Google ads? Well, all of you listening right now, yes, if you're listening, you get $100 in free AdWords. Here's how you get it, okay? Again, thanks for listening. Get the free $100 from Google, right, when you sign up with my website host provider, HostGator. Go sign up now to get your free money, hostgator.com forward slash Nathan. Again, that's hostgator.com forward slash Nathan. Okay, Top Tribe, I'll see you bright and early tomorrow morning. And don't forget, before you listen to any other episodes, subscribe on iTunes right now for your chance to win 100 bucks every Monday.